everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Is it possible that behind the events, moments and changes that are transforming America and the world is a mystery? Could this mystery go back to ancient times? Could there be more to the news and what's happening in the world than you see with your eyes? In his most explosive book ever, Jonathan Kahn pulls away the veil and reveals these shocking and astounding secrets. The Return of the Gods by New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn will take you into an entirely new realm of mystery. You will be taken on a journey to uncover the mystery of the gods. Who are the gods? What are they? And is it possible that these ancient entities have returned to the modern world? Where is it all heading? What does it have to do with you? And what do you need to know about what's coming? The Return of the Gods from Frontline. Available online or wherever books are sold. It's been two years since the warnings of the Harbinger to The Return were proclaimed from the steps of Washington, D.C. in a nationwide appeal for repentance and a returning back to God before it's too late. And it's been 10 years since my next guest first shared his explosive and revelatory read in his New York Times best-selling The Harbinger, meaning warning that would not only rock this nation after the devastating events of 9-11, but would just be the start of future prophetic revelations and warnings to come, as chronicled in his subsequent bestsellers, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, and, as already mentioned, The Harbinger II, The Return. And now, with his latest most explosive read to date, The Return of the Gods. Get ready to have your mind blown, your heart rendered, and the call to action even more eminent and urgent as you will soon hear. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome back to Testimony, always an honor, founder of hopeoftheworld.org, internationally renowned prophet, messianic believer, teacher, and named one of this nation's top 40 spiritual leaders, along with Billy Graham, that radically changed our nation, and whose voice has donned the halls of Congress, the United Nations, the White House, and more. A watchman on the wall, called by Yeshua himself, relentless and passionate in his prophetic proclamations, not only to warn, but give hope. Please welcome my dear and good friend, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Rabbi Kahn, Jonathan, sir, welcome back to Testimony. Always an honor to be with you, Jensen. It's, it's, always, it's always a joy every time we do a program with you. Well, it's so great uh, to have you back. Ditto on that. We have a lot to cover for part one of our two-part yes. conversation. So a five-fold question in summary to get us started, one, what exactly do you mean by the return of the gods? Two, who are these gods? Three, 
Why did they depart? Four, how have they returned? And five, what forms ancient and present day have they taken? Rabbi Khan, we are all ears. Wow, I think we could do the whole program on that first question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's do it. Okay, first, first, The Return of the Gods, yeah, it's the most explosive um, book I've ever done. And, that, and this is because this touches everything. This is, this is the mystery behind all that's happening in America, the West, the world, uh, every transformation of culture, of morals, uh, from the Supreme Court to our children, to the, the school system, to uh, our media, to everything that has happened to America that's happening right now and where it's going. And the, the question is, could there be behind all of it an ancient mystery that goes back to the tablets of ancient Mesopotamia. Um, and that could the gods, you know, we, we hear about gods and we know there's myth, it's myth and fiction, but could there be something real to them? And if there is, could there be entities behind these gods? And if so, where are they? And could they be at work now? Could they have returned to America, to the West, and could they be at work behind all these? Could they, could they be the invisible agents of what is happening? And the first thing to know concerning that, with the, and the Bible says, and a lot of people don't realize it, the Bible says in uh, the book of Deuteronomy, also in Psalms, and then in the New Testament, that behind the gods were entities. In, in Hebrew, the word is Shadim. It says they worship the Shadim. They offer their children to the Shadim. The Shadim means spirits or entities. Um, now, these, you know, work in, in, in ancient, the ancient world. The pagan world say, well, they could be good or bad, but in the Bible, it's only evil spirits. That's number one. Number two, when the rabbis had to translate that word, Shadim, into Greek, and then it got into the New Testament, the word they chose is daimonia, or we get the word demonic from it. And so when Paul speaks about the same thing, he says, what the but the pagans are worshiping, he says they're worshiping the daimonia. So the first thing is behind these gods are actual spirits. And the thing is that they're at work. You know, when when the nations were worshiping these gods, they're worshiping spirits. Which goes to the next the next part of the puzzle piece, and that is that that means that if they're worshiping spirits and these are demonic spirits then they then these cultures are going to show the signs of possession spiritually, and they do. I mean, throughout the pagan world, you see it. And the thing is, it wasn't just that one or two people were possessed. The entire culture of of the pagan world is a was a possessed culture, including Western civilization, uh, except outside of one little pocket, which was Israel. So the next question is, well, then what happened to them? What happened to the gods? What happened? Well, what happened to them was Jesus, Yeshua happened to them. And that is, he came into the world, he sent the gospel, not just to Israel, but to the world, to the pagan world, to the Roman world, and, you know, it went on. So, so when the disciples went to the Roman Empire, they were confronting they were in warfare. This was a spiritual warfare between God and the gods, you know, the spirit and the spirits, you know, monotheism and polytheism. So, so they're going head to head, and that's why there was all that persecution. You know, in the first century, it is filled with persecution because, and, not, and the second and the third, because it was a war of the gods. They, you know, the first Christians were said, well, if you just would worship our gods, 
we will not kill you. We won't imprison you or kill you. Well, they wouldn't. And so the thing is that you have this, in fact, a lot of people don't realize, you know, you have people like the Oracle, um, you know, these oracles, these women who were basically, they, they sat in their temples and they were to hear from the gods, but they actually were possessed by spirits. And, and it was this one oracle that actually started the great persecution of Christians. She gave the word to the emperor and, and came the greatest persecution. But in the end of the whole story, the gospel triumphs, and the word of God triumphs. Monotheism triumphs over uh, polytheism, and uh, the spirit over the spirits, and God over the gods. And so what happens is that, you know, the gods are, in the ancient world, they're not here. Those gods aren't really here in the form they were. You know, Zeus leaves, you know, the, you know Athena leaves. They all, they all vacate their temples. They're, they're abandoned by the people. But the thing is this, if behind the gods are entities, spirits, then what happened? What happened to the spirits? Well, first of all, they don't die. And the thing is that this means this was the greatest casting out of, you know, greatest exorcism in the history of the world when Western civilization was exercised of the spirit. That's what makes this civilization, you know, this civilization unique. So the thing is that if they are still there, because they don't die, could they return? And here is the last part of, of, the, of the setting up of the mystery, as you asked. And that is that Jesus gives us the clue. Messiah gives us the clue. He, he said, if a, if a spirit comes out of a man, it, it goes wandering, you know, looking for a place to rest, doesn't find it, says, I'm going to go back to my house, talking about the man. I'm going to go back. So he goes back, finds the house or the man, finds the house clean, swept, and basically empty. So he goes back. It says he gathers seven other of the spirits, worse, than, more evil than himself, and they all repossess the house or repossess the man. And then Jesus, Yeshua says, the end of the man, the latter state is worse than the beginning because now he's repossessed. Well, most people think he's just talking about a man, but he's not. At the end, he says, so it shall be with this generation. He's talking about an entire generation, entire culture. So when you take this warning of Messiah to the ultimate, what you get is a warning to us right now, and that is that if any civilization, any nation, any culture, any people, any any society that has been cleansed of these gods, uh, delivered of these spirits, if it ever should turn back or turn away from God, then these spirits that were cast out are going to return to it. And the gods, the ancient gods, are going to come back. And the thing is, and when they come back, they're going to come back to repossess the house or repossess, in this case, America and the West. And they're, it's going to be worse than it was in the beginning. And so that is gigantic warning. When you look, Jensen, when you look at any nation, like, for instance, Russia, turns away from the gospel, what happens? It's not, it doesn't end up secular, it ends up demonic. And, what, you know, Germany turns away from the gospel, what happens? Not secular, demonic, Hitler. So, so this is, the scary thing is, this is now applying to America and the West, because we have turned away from God, and the spirits, the gods, have returned. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, his latest explosive read, The Return of the Gods. So, Jonathan, let's talk about some of those modern-day spirits uh, that we are encountering today in America, starting with the possessor, as you have termed it. Yeah, this is, you know, in, in, in the fall of ancient Israel, 
you have specific gods that they turn to and specific spirits that inhabit the culture ultimately destroy them. And the thing is, so in, in the Return of the Gods, I call them the Dark Trinity. And with the Dark Trinity, the thing is that, keep in mind, America was founded after the pattern of ancient Israel. And it was blessed after the blessings of ancient Israel. But it has turned away from God after the fall of ancient Israel. So it means, so therefore, the spirits that possess that culture are going to come to America. The first one, as you said, is the possessor. And that's the basic, that's what his name means. You know, you know and the thing is, you know, people only think, well, well, wow, I never heard of that. Well, if you're a believer, you have heard of it, because the name possessor in Hebrew is the name Baal, and we know him as Baal. This is the spirit or the God that literally is the God of Israel's fall. It was the God, the God of Israel turning away from God, the God of the apostasy. He's the substitute. God. He's the he's the tempter God. He's the the one who says, you know, listen, you you don't need God. You don't need these ways. Just follow me. I'll I'll make you prosperous. I'll give you freedom. You don't have to follow this thing. So so Baal is that spirit. In, in many ways, he's like that spirit in the parable, the one that comes back and then says, I'm going to get the rest. He's the first. And the thing is that when you look in the Bible and you look about how it speaks about Baal, it always speaks about him. He, he's always first among the gods. So it's Baal and then the rest of the gods. He's first. So the thing is that we could... If we can identify, when did America really start turning away from God? And and what you see is a, a clear a clear demarcation, and that is the early 60s. That's when we America says, well, you know what? We really don't need God in everything. You know, let's take God out of the schools. Let's take prayer out of the schools. Let's take the word out of the schools, which is the beginning, because the children represent the future. This is the beginning. And so as we open the door by doing that, we start opening the door and remember the warning of Jesus that that house is not going to stay empty. You you start pushing God out, that something else is coming back. And so what happens is the spirit of the possessor, Baal, starts coming into our culture. And what are, what are the signs of that? Well, in the Bible, what did Baal do? He started, he declared war on God, the God of the Bible. He started driving God out of every part of culture. Remember the days of Elijah. Starts driving God out of the public square, driving God out of the palace, out of the government. Well, that's exactly the spirit that has entered America. We've been watching the this spirit drive God out of every every public place in America. We're watching it one step. It started back then, and now it has increased. What else is the sign of Baal? Well, it says that that in the Bible that Baal caused Israel to forget God. Well, the 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 mission of Baal is to cause now a Christian nation to forget. God and that ever knew God, and he's been successful ever since the 60s. Look at where we are now. And then it says that, that he turned the nation, Israel, away from the ways of God and away from the law of God. Well, what's been happening in America? You know, we've been turning step by step by step away from all the ways of God that we once knew were good. He is repossessing America, or Russian culture, he's possessing it. And so the aim of this God, he's a pagan God, is to take a Christian nation, like America, or, or a Judeo-Christian nation, and turn it into a pagan one. So we are right now, what we've been watching for the last half century is the process of paganization and the process of possession. So it's amazing, just uh, because this affects, has affected every realm of culture, even wokeism. This thing is behind that. It's behind everything. 
Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn on his latest must-read, The Return of the Gods. You mention the Enchantress, and you mention a goddess having to do with pornography and the destruction of marriage. Yes, yeah, and, and, and the one really brings in the other. And, and let, me just, let me just throw this in and, then, and how this kind of goes together. Because in the Bible, it says Baal, and then it says Agonis. It says Baal, and then Ashtora. That's the next one of it. The first part is, you know, is turning the nation, but the second part is going to get very specific. But one thing we're even, as I lead up to that, where Baal gets specific, too, is just to note that that the sign of Baal in a culture, the sign in ancient times, was actually the sign of a molten bronze bull. It appeared all over. That was Baal. When you see that sign, you know Baal is in the culture. Well, what has happened to America? Go to New York City, you will see a gigantic molten bronze bull erected in New York City, symbol of our prosperity. Well, that's what Baal was. This is a sign, actually, they didn't know it. This is a sign of a nation that has been possessed by Baal. And, as, and also, it's a sign in the Bible of a nation that once knew God and has turned away. So, you know, we're just, of course, we could just touch the surface and scratch the surface of, of, of what is this revelation. The thing is that, but it's specific, it's exact. The signs of the gods are all over. And, and again, even behind, even affecting us in ways we, we could hardly even imagine. So, now, so this one Baal ushers in the goddess. Now, so this is a she. I mean, if, if these spirits can be a she. Um, and that is that in Can- the Canaanite mythology, this one, this goddess, was married or the consort of Baal. But she appears all over. She's one of the most ancient entities. Ancient, and, and for instance, in Mesopotamia, she's called Ishtar. We've heard of that. Um, in, in Sumer, she's called Inanna. The Greeks called her Aphrodite, and the Romans called her Venus. Now, we think of it, you know, we, 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 we don't realize how dark this one is. But this is the spirit of of sexual lust, sexual immorality, sexual perversity. This is the spirit of unbridled sexual passion, you know, self-gratification. This is the, a spirit, this is a goddess who is called, I mean, sometimes I, in the book I, I, I kind of go, in the Return of the Gods, I, I settle on calling her Ishtar or the goddess, and that's how she was known in the Middle East. But she, again, in the Bible, she's called Ashtora. But the thing is that she was also called the prostitute goddess. So now think about it. If she's the goddess of, of sexual immorality, what is what is going to happen? Let's say let's say we didn't know this, but what's going to happen if she comes back? Well, Baal is going to open the door for her. The spirit. So the spirit of this goddess is going to come to America, and what we would expect to see is the overturning of biblical morality concerning sexual sexuality, uh, concerning marriage, concerning family, concerning male and female. Well, that's exactly what happens. In the 1960s, after we start turning from God, there comes a sexual revolution. And it specifically is the overturning of biblical values concerning sexuality. And it is the ushering in of pagan values. Everything we've seen, you know, like with the sexual revolution, that these are pagan values. I mean, every single one of them. It's a, it's a paganization through sexuality. So she's seeking to seduce the culture. She's called the seductress. She's called the enchantress. She's going to seduce the culture through sexuality and look at what has happened. What does a prostitute do? A prostitute takes sex, sexuality out of marriage 
and puts it into the culture. It's, she sexualizes the culture. So that's exactly what happens. She starts taking the spirit, starts taking marriage, starts taking sexuality out of marriage, and she starts sexualizing the culture. Actually, she wars against marriage. That's why at the same moment you see you see this sexualization of you know it hasn't stopped throughout our entire culture. You see the weakening of marriage, the weakening of family. That is all part of this goddess, the enchantress. And you you mentioned something that you know what could this have to do with specific things that are affecting everybody? And that is that in the ancient times she was called the Greek name for her as the prostitute was the porne. From this word, that means prostitute. From that word, we get the word porn or pornography. This goddess was actually the mm-hmm. goddess of pornography. The first pornography in the world came from this goddess. The first pornography was her literature. She caused images of you know of, of you know naked people throughout the culture. So that's why we have a explosion of pornography. This is the goddess. By that she's seducing, she's enslaving people. And not only that, we talk about the word erotic or erotic culture. Well that word erotic comes from Eros and Eros, the Greek word, was actually the the child of this goddess. So literally all these things come from this one goddess. And and, and we can also mention that not only does that come from it, but but also the occult and the revival of witchcraft, we, we can touch on it, comes also from the goddess. Even the explosion of drugs comes from this goddess. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, founder of HopeOfTheWorld.org, his New York Times bestselling just released, The Return of the Gods at Books by jonathancon.com that's books by jonathancon.com in a remaining time here today jonathan you also talk about the destroyer and i think in part you've already mentioned that because if pornography and drugs and witchcraft and occult does not do yeah. that i don't know what would but lives are literally being transformed male is wanting to be female, female is wanting to be male, more in our second segment, but the destroyer. Yeah, the destroyer is the is the, the third part or the of this dark trinity. And 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 what is or who is or what is the destroyer? Well the destroyer is the, the principality, the spirit that was in ancient Israel, that was in the pagan world, that causes parents to offer up their own children. As sacrifices, and that is exactly what I mean. You know, if you if, if we were in the ancient world, this tells you how dark this is. You would see this all over. You know, human sacrifice was not uncommon in the pagan world, and child sacrifice was also not uncommon. It was there, and the thing is, I mean, so it's hard to even imagine, uh, you know, parents doing this, but. They did under the influence of the, these gods. And this, this one was called, in Israel, when Israel turned away from God, what happened? They ended up offering up their children to the fire, to Molech. The, this is the destroyer. Now, but here's the, here's the thing. Remember this mystery. The Lord said, basically, if the house becomes empty of God, then the, the spirits that were cast out of it are coming back. Well, one of the spirits that were cast out is the spirit of the destroyer. Do you know, you know, the reason why you're not seeing child sacrifice, you haven't seen it all over the world is because of the gospel. It was the gospel that drove this out. But the warning is, if we turn away from God, then this 
God or principality, this spirit is coming back. And it's going to come, come back to the world. It's going to come back to America. And so he did. And it's just like clockwork, Jensen, because you look, first, Baal turns the nation away. Second, the Ishtar, the goddess, that introduces, the, overturns sexuality, the sexual revolution. Then we would expect to come the third one, which is the offering of children, and it comes. At the end of the 60s, uh, starting with 1970, abortion on demand comes to America, and then later on it becomes nationalized. Well, this is the ancient pagan, this is a pagan practice. Not only did child sacrifice, they did abortion, which is also child sacrifice. So all these things ended with the gospel, but just, it's amazing. You turn away from God, they're all coming back. And so it has come back, and you know people could say, well, how do you compare it? Well, back then, they offered up thousands of children uh, as sacrifices, but we have offered up millions, tens of millions. And so we are actually, this is under the influence. This is where it all goes. And you, you know, you alluded to something which most people, when I, you know, I've done interviews, they haven't, they haven't gone there. And that is, you said, well, really it's all leading to destruction. And, and it, you're so right. All the gods are interested in destruction. Every single one of them at the end. They, you know, they promise, hey, we're going to give you freedom, liberation. That was the big thing in the 60s. But it ends up bringing death. And so this shows it. And it's also demonic because, I mean, when you th- what could be more demonic than offering up your children? It's actually a form of self-harm because you're offering up your own children. And the thing is, I won't go into the detail, but there's, there's so much in the book on this, but that when I looked at the ancient ways that they offered up their children, you see the same things, the same ways are happening now, you know, with, with, you know, modern technology, but it's the same thing. You know, back then it was the parent or the mothers who offered up their children. Well, same thing here. Uh, But also they offered them up in ancient times because they thought if they did it, they're going to, the God is going to bless them. They're going to get prosperous. They're going to get money. Well, why do people, they give the big reason for abortion? Well, because, you know, you're, it's going to hinder your 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 livelihood. You're going to get your career. So when you do this, you offer up the children. You're going to get you know you're going to get them out of the way. You're going to get money. Same thing. Actually, in ancient times, you know you know which children were offered up more than any other to this god. It was the poor children. Same to this day. You know, with abortion. What I actually was able to show is that some of these leaders of abortion are actually actually talking about abortion as something holy, a sacrament, a a religious thing, just like in the ancient times. I mean, it's amazing, but it's all happening. Everything that happened then is returning. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, founder of HopeOfTheWorld.org, New York Times bestselling author of The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, The Harbinger 2, The Return, and now in his most explosive read to date, The Return of the gods. You can learn more about Jonathan's work, ministry, and mission by visiting hopeoftheworld.org and get his book at booksbyjonathancon.com as well as Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or wherever books are sold. You will be blessed and given great hope that you did. Rabbi Khan Jonathan, thank you, as always, for making the time to share your latest as chronicled in your most explosive read to date, The Return 
of the gods, how closing the doors and gateways are crucial before embedded evil that knows no bounds seeks to overturn everything that is holy, good, and God. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. God bless you, Jensen. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Is it possible that behind the events transforming our culture, our nation, and your life is a mystery that goes back to ancient times? In his most explosive book ever, The Return of the Gods, New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn pulls away the veil and reveals these shocking secrets. Uncover the mystery of the gods and how it's transforming your life. The Return of the Gods, the book you can't afford not to read. Get it online or wherever books are sold. Last week, you heard from one of the nation's most prolific and heralded prophetic voices of our time, whose explosive and revelatory read, The Return of the Gods, is just that, a revealing of the sinister spirits of old, now awakened, invited back in, and occupying the, quote, house, possibly your house, the White House, any occupied house that, if not stopped, will continue to ravage the very soul of our nation, its families, our children, and the generations to follow, should God tarry. Here to explain this and more with a recap from last week for part two of our conversation today is its author, founder of HopeOfTheWorld.org, leader of the Jerusalem Center, Beth Israel, Wayne, New Jersey, New York Times bestselling author of the explosive and stunning The Harbinger, and subsequent revelatory bestselling reads, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, The Harbinger to The Return, and if that were not enough, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, his latest, The Return of the Gods. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Testimony, always an honor and joy, my good friend, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Rabbi Kahn, Jonathan, sir, welcome back to Testimony. Great to be with you always. It's great to have you back. Jonathan, give us a recap, if you will, of part one of our conversation, and then let's pick up where we left off last week. There was another side to the goddess, a mystery that has transformed our culture. Yeah, well, for those who missed the first part, we, we, we spoke about the dark trinity of gods and the principle that the Bible gives that before, be, beyond these gods or behind these gods of the ancient world are actually spirits. And then 
the Lord gives a warning that if there's been been something, someone, uh, and even a nation that has been delivered of these spirits, exercised, and then it turns back away from God and, and is be, the house becomes empty of God, then what's going to happen is these spirits are returning. So this is now a, an incredible warning for our day and for the West and for America. And that is that, that Ameri- if America or the West ever turns away from the God that delivered it from paganism, well, then these pagan spirits, these pagan gods are coming back to America, to the West, and they're going to come back to repossess it and to paganize a Christian nation, turn it into a pagan nation, and they've been doing it, they've been successful, and it's, we can watch it happen from the 60s on. And we spoke about the Dark Trinity, which is the same the same trinity of these false gods, these demonic spirits that were there in ancient Israel, and we went through the possessor, we went, we spoke about the enchantress, and we spoke about the destroyer, and saw how each one has been transforming, has been changing America from the 60s to this day. But now, you, you alluded to something, there's another side to the goddess, and that is that, a strange thing. In the ancient inscriptions, when I studied them, and I, I, I found these things that were written of the goddess from ancient times, it says, the goddess says, I am a woman. And then she says, I am a man. And then the hymn to her name says that she has the power to turn men into women and to turn women into men. Now, you want to understand what's happening in the world, why things are so crazy, what's been happening you know, in America? It all goes, this, it goes back to this. This is the mystery behind it. This is, you know, it's always spiritual. There's a spirit behind what we are watching. So what this means is, if the goddess or the spirit returns to the West, returns to America, then, you know, it starts with the sexual revolution. We saw that. But then when she continues on, as she gets more entrenched in the culture, we're going to start seeing her deeper work or her darker work. And that is what we're seeing now. The more you get away from God, the darker it becomes. So now what we're seeing is the blurring of the lines that distinguish men from women, women from men, male from female. We're seeing a spirit of androgyny. This was the androgynous goddess. Actually, she's female, but she actually has male quality, male attributes. And so she is the one who does that. So if she returns, we're going to start seeing this spirit changing, transforming. That's why in the Return of the Gods, at this point, I call her the Transformer. She literally transforms people. And you can see this, Jensen, in everything. I mean, before we even get to the, to say, the gender or sexual role, you can see this where the goddess actually look at what's been happening to our culture. That it, it's she seeks to defeminize women. We've been watching this for years. The defeminization of women. They're taking women away from womanhood, away from motherhood, away from family. Um, at the same time, she's seeking to masculinize them. And you know what you see with men is that she's seeking to emasculate manhood. And so you see in the culture a war on manhood, a war on men. And and this is the spirit. You actually, in the ancient mythology, she actually rages against male authority, or she rages against her, her father's authority, and he's the patriarchy. So you got all this, this whole spirit of angry women and raging. And it's a strange thing, because when you look at the culture, when you, you look at the culture and you see, well, how does the culture react? Like if a man acts masculine, they'll say that's toxic masculinity. 
masculinity. If a woman acts masculine, they say, oh, that's wonderful. Keep doing it. What is that? That is that's madness, craziness. But that's this spirit. And actually, you know, when we were even watching, it, it's it, the spirits are it's a very important point. The gods are after the children. And so even from, from you know, from elementary school, it's programming women, girls to be, you know, rejecting of this whole thing. It, it's programming boys to not become uh protectors and providers instead to get to get you know addicted to video games and pornography so this spirit is changing the culture before we even you know and that's before even getting to sexuality and that's there's a link to her mysterious priesthood ladies and gentlemen you're listening to rabbi jonathan khan his latest must read the return of the gods the goddess had a mysterious priesthood what does it have to do with what is now taking place in our culture? Can you explain? Yes, and, and this is why it's so explosive, because this is touching everything in our culture, and we're all dealing with it. Everybody who's listening is dealing with it, or they have somebody in their, in their life who's dealing with it. That's why I wrote the book, and that's why, that's why I'm hoping and praying that people not only get it for themselves as Christians, but give it to people who need it in your life. Because look at where we're going to go right now. What, the priests of the goddess, you know, they, they walked around her temple, and they were men dressing up as women. They were acting as women. They were they were literally. I mean, you know, the the the, the ancient hymns say that this goddess she takes men and she adorns them as women. She takes women and dresses them as men. So here we see this this blurring coming, really affecting us in very specific ways. You know, this is this is uh, you, you know the the cha- the blurring of male and female, and and we're watching it in every. It's a spirit. We're watching it everywhere. And we're thinking, why is this happening? It's a spirit. It makes no sense. It's because it's a spirit. And the thing is that that you know, as as this is happening, you know, you had these um, these men who, who they were priests and they would dress up as women. Well, now what you're going to see if she comes back, if this spirit comes back, it means we're going to see the same phenomenon. This is this is part of the pagan world, but we're going to see it come back into the world. This is part of paganism. You know, it's kind of like we we forgot that or we didn't know that it's come back. It's a sign that she's back. And remember when when the Lord said when it comes back, it's the spirit comes back. It's possessed it's going to be worse. Well, this one, you know, in ancient times, she did this to her priesthood, but now she's seeking to do it to an entire generation of children, an entire culture. So that's happening. And now, you know, this is going to lead into one of the biggest issues that we're dealing with right now, and where people said, as you as you and I were talking off the air, and, and how people saying this is just craziness that's happening. Well, well, you know, we're seeing the issue of, of the transitioning of children, where even Liberals are saying this is crazy. Liberals are saying this is demonic. This is crazy. Why would anyone ever do it? Well, well, the return of the gods is going to show why why we're doing it or why they're doing it. And that is that the goddess was actually the goddess of transitioning people. You know, it says she turns a man into a woman, a woman into a man. And the thing is, the thing is that she actually in her temples, the priest I talked, I told you about, they didn't just dress up as women, many of them were surgically transitioned to appear as women. Surgically transitioned. In fact, you know, some of the ancient accounts I found um, in in the, 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 the tablets of Mesopotamia, it describes these priests dancing before her 
you know, who are transitioned, you know, holding scalpels, almost like celebrating their transition. And this affected their hormones. So even that, I mean, and, and you know, we, I can't say, what would possess a, an adult to do this to a child? You know, well, this is what would possess it. This is what would possess it. The gods, the spirits, the entities would possess it. And this is the specific revelation of the specific entity that is doing it right now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn on his explosive, The Return of the Gods. The Return of the Gods reveals an ancient mystery that exploded on the streets of New York City and transformed America and world culture. Can you talk about that and where we are today since that time? Yeah. Well, the entire movement that we know today that has really, that has literally transformed culture and society and ethics and morals concerning gender and sexuality began in New York City. You know, I told you, like in the first program, we spoke about how New York City, interesting, was a place where the the, where the sign of, of the possessor Baal, that first god, appeared, that bull god, appeared actually there. Well, so here, that all this began with an event uh, in 1969, uh, in the summer, um, which which has been known to this day, is everything we see, the parades, are, is from here, uh, concerning gender and pride. It was, it was called Stonewall. Had to do with a bar, had to do with a riot at, at the bar, and the police, and the riot against it, had to do with altering, altered sexuality. And the thing is, the amazing thing that I found, and that I, I put in the book, is, is that all the signs of the goddess start appearing on the streets of New York City that very night. And I won't go into the detail, but, I'll, I'll, but just to give a little taste of it. When the goddess went to war, you would see the sign would be a lion or a lion's head. Literally, on the night of Stonewall, when this all began, this whole movement, there was literally the sign of the lion's head. The other thing, another thing about this is that it says that the goddess particularly dwelt or inhabited the Eshtam. The Eshtam is a is an ancient word for a bar, an alehouse, a tavern. Well, this whole thing of Stonewall all centered on, this whole movement began in a bar or an Eshtam. There's something called the Dance of Ishtar, or the Dance of the Goddess, where, where in the middle of, of warfare she dances. Well, in the middle of this riot, the, the, in New York, the, the people in the mobs, or the multitudes, start dancing, dancing, and they start singing a song that where the words are are echoes from what's in the tablets of the goddess on that very night, and and then there was also a woman who uh, who you know really you know really triggered this whole movement that night, and the woman is kind of a mystery, but the woman actually embodied the goddess, and the goddess it was called the storm. They they call it you are the storm, you know, the, the, in the in the inscriptions, you are the loud storm, you cause a storm, you are the storm. Well, the name of this woman was Storm or storm. And and the other thing is that very place, Stonewall, you know, which is what where all this comes from, uh, in the ancient writings of the goddess, it says that she is the stone that breaks the stone wall. That night they actually tried to break that bar. Stonewall. And I will just say this, because there's so much and we can just taste on just give a taste, that even the very timing of that riot, the day, the weekend, the time of year, was all timed totally to the pagan calendar of the ancient goddess. 
Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, The Return of the Gods, a book for not just the believer, but those who may have no belief, are nons, are atheists, are confused about their gender, their identity. If there's a God at all, get the return of the gods. Get your questions answered. Get the biblical and historical reasons for the insanity that is going on in this world today. Rabbi Khan, there are parades in the world, ancient and modern. Talk about that and the significance of that and the spirit behind that. Yeah, the, the you know, there's been a thing that has taken over, basically taken our culture, and that is that there's like the biggest celebration in our culture is no longer, you know, July 4th, it's no longer Christmas, it's no longer, it is what happens in the summer, and where it happens in America, happens all over the world, kind of strange that all different nations are giving so much celebration to something that, you know, that, you know, they don't, they don't even give, you know, the July 4th is one day, but it's an entire month. Parades, pride parades, all these things. Well, it actually, even that comes from this goddess, from this mystery. It's an ancient mystery. And that is that when you read of the, of this goddess, it actually, she was the goddess of parades. All these inscriptions say the people parade before you, the people, they do this for it. And, you know, and, and they actually, the parades of the, in Babylon, these ancient parades began at the Ishtar Gate or the gate of the goddess. And the thing is that the thing is that that when I looked at the description of these parades, the parades it says, this is from the pagan world, of, of the goddess, ancient mystery, the parades were parades of men parading as women, women parading as men. It was parades filled with color, filled with makeup, filled with the breaking of gender barriers, filled with all these things. And that's exactly what happens every year. And that all goes back to the goddess and when and through the parades the the spirit back then would bring the entire culture into her worship and so there's something spiritual going on but you know in fact I'll, I'll say this Jensen we have people don't even, they didn't even realize it but there were parades like this back then in in the time of of the by the beginning of the Christian age and they, the only reason they ended was like Constantine because of the gospel so this is a sign when you see the these parades coming back, it's a sign that the goddess has come back as well. Did the gods or spirits, as you term them, determine the rulings of the Supreme Court and the exact times they were handed down? Okay, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing mystery in that, and that this has to do with timing. And to set the stage, there was actually one month of the ancient world that the, the goddess actually possessed, where, where the whole culture was kind of drawn into her spirit, into her processions and all that. When was it? Well, I actually read, I, I looked up in the book, I, I got the writings of St. Jerome, because they were still happening, and St. Jerome actually says that these, these festivals were happening in the month, and he calls it in, in the Latin, the month of Junium, or June. And so what is it? What has happened to America? We have an entire month, and also much of the world, an entire month 
That is that is the month of the celebration of the spirit of altered gender, and it's called June. I mean, I mean, you can't make this up. This is exactly what's happening, and this is the mystery behind it. And the other thing, and it's gonna, this is going to go right to the Supreme Court. The other thing is that to set the stage is that there was a sign of the goddess, a, you know, particular sign that is linked to her in the ancient world, and that is the sign. The sign was the sign of the rainbow, and so why is the sign of the rainbow been spreading all over our culture. American embassies are 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 putting it up in their things. You know, their their buildings, government buildings are doing this. Um, it, it's appearing on children's uh, cereal boxes. It's appearing in children's cartoons. I mean, it's taken over the whole culture. Well, uh, the rainbow comes from God, but one of the things about this goddess, according to the mythology, she's one who steals things from other gods and uses it for herself. So this is actually, I won't go into the mystery of the rainbow, but the mystery uh, is is that it's a dark mystery. If people knew what this this rainbow really meant, Regarding the goddess, they would never wave it. They would never wear it. And that's what I put in the book. Now to put all the pieces together, we have the Supreme Court. Now the Supreme Court, you think, okay, this has nothing to do with this mystery. The Supreme Court's the Supreme Court. But there were three rulings that were done that particularly had to do with the altering of sexuality. And one of them came in 2003, and, and that had to do with the normalization of altered sexuality. The next one came in 2013. That was the, the striking down of the defense of marriage. And the, and the last one was actually the one that actually totally redefined marriage as we know it after thousands of years, 2015. Now, the amazing thing is there was a specific time. I said the time of the goddess was this one month, Junia. Particularly, you'll find in ancient commentaries, it was the end of the month. Towards the end of the month, it got more intense. It's the time of the summer solstice, pagan time. Well, the first ruling in 2003 uh, happened month of June, uh, end of June, near the summer solstice, days of the goddess. Second ruling, 2013, happened month of June, end of June, time of the goddess, um, and near the summer solstice, oh, the days of the goddess. The third one, when the defense of, when, when marriage was struck down, happened same time, same days, same everything. In fact, the first one ha happened on June 26th. The second one, 10 years later, happened on June 26th. The third one later happened on June 26th. They all happened happened on the exact same day. When we, when we spoke about the mystery of this explosion in New York City that started the whole movement, that was sealed on June 26th. The, the Supreme Court justices are not they're not trying to make this happen. It's just happening. But here's something else to put it all together. Remember the day when marriage, as we knew it, was struck down, and all across America came the sign of the goddess, the sign of the rainbow, and the and the White House, remember, was lit up with the sign of the rainbow. This is this is the the spirit of this goddess saying, "I own the White House. I own America now." And the thing is, so that was the day that they it was legalizing same-sex marriage. Well, that day I found, I put this in the book, on the ancient calendar of the goddess in Babylon. It says that day is appointed to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man. That was the day that marriage was altered. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. Uh, we have a few more minutes here, uh, Rabbi Kahn, and a few more questions. Talk yes. about the timing of the completion of your book and the overturning of Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court, which we've just talked about in brief, what it meant 
then and what it means now that it's been overturned. What are these gods doing about that? Yeah, well, the, the, the <laughs> let me put it this way, something I don't always share. But, the, but, the, but then again, you know, Jessica, when I do it with you, everything, everything's different. Everything's dramatic. Um, and people don't even know how dramatic this is. So, so um, the thing is, yeah, the, I actually, when I was writing the book and nobody knew I was writing it, some one of my associates in the ministry said, I, so they got something from the Lord. And they said, they saw me bringing forth a word and they saw all these altars of these gods. And they didn't know I was writing this book. And they saw the altars, as I was bringing the word forth, were breaking, breaking apart. In the Bible, the sign of an, when they broke, when there was revival, it, it, they would break the altars of the gods, Josiah, you know, Hezekiah. They break the altars of the gods. It was a sign of revival. They're, they're turning away from the altars of the gods. Well, the biggest altar we have, you know, the most brazen altar is the altar of abortion. I mean, literally. It's a literal altar. Well, the, I finished the book, The Return of the Gods, on June 24th. On that day, that what that day, Roe versus Wade was overturned. That meant the altar was broken. The beginning of the breaking of the altars. God is giving us a chance. God is giving us encouragement. God is giving us power because this is the sign in the Bible of revival, and this is the sign of breaking the power of the gods. But we have to rise to it. That's you know, and the fact that it happened on the day that the book was finished that goes with that that word that the person gave me that vision. Well, and this is why again I wrote the book to arm God's people to strengthen God's people. See, we've been you know, like you said, not people people who are saved and people who are not saved. People in our families they're saying, what is going on with the world, but and most believers are just kind of saying, "Okay, I, I, we don't know what to do." You know, we got to be quiet now. Now it's now it's cancel culture. Well, that's what the gods do. They try to wipe out the gospel. That's what they're trying to do. That's what they try to do in the days of Elijah, the days of Moses, the days of Paul. They're trying to silence the gospel. Well, the reason I wrote the Return of the Gods is not only that it's a mind blowing thing, or to reveal this, because but to that we would win. Because the thing is, you can't win if you don't know you're fighting. You can't win if you don't know what you're fighting against. And so this is you know the last. Last part of the book is called the other God because the God that we serve is more powerful than all the gods. The ancient song of Moses says, "Mihamocha ba'elim Adonai," who is like you, O Lord, among the gods. You know we have the power to overcome all these things, but if we don't use it, if we don't rise, if we if we don't speak, if we silence ourselves, then we don't win. God has called us to rise. So this is to arm God's people, not only the return of the God, not only for the people of God, but everybody who's listening is dealing with it. You mentioned something at the beginning was profound. It's not just the house of America. It's everybody's house. You know, it's the house that we're dealing with. You know, everybody has people in their lives who are dealing with. So I'm praying again that people get it not just for themselves, get it for others, and pray for revival. Because you know what? When, when the gods are exposed, God brings revival. That's part of the sign of God. And the altar has broken. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, founder of HopeOfTheWorld.org, senior pastor of the Jerusalem Center, Beth Israel, New York Times bestselling author of The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, The Harbinger 2, The Return, and now in his most explosive read to date, The Return of the Gods. You can learn 
more about Jonathan Kahn's work, ministry, and mission by visiting hopeoftheworld.org and get his book at booksbyjonathancahn.com. That's booksbyjonathancahn.com as well as Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Wherever books are sold, you will be greatly blessed that you did. Rabbi Khan, Jonathan, sir, what a privilege bringing your voice back to testimony for such a time as this. Never in the history of our world has clarity, practically, spiritually, and in every way been needed to not only combat the forces of darkness, but also recognize their origins so we can root out defeat, and then overcome, and victoriously so, the gods of this world, as you so brilliantly expose in Return of the Gods. A warning to end all warnings, my view, and yet the hope that remains if we repent, turn, and change, looking unto Jesus, the one and only true God, Yeshua, our Messiah, and soon coming King, we thank you. God bless and protect you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.